Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Ooh, this is getting good. City of Ghosts, Chapter 2. Chapter 2. Okay. When I was younger, I used to be afraid of the monster in the closet. I wouldn't go to sleep until my dad came in, threw open the closet door, and showed me that it was empty. Crossing the veil is like opening the closet door. Of course, the difference is monsters aren't real. The closet was always empty. And the difference, the, no, the difference is closets aren't, I mean, what? Closets aren't real. I meant Ghosts aren't Oreo real. Oreo and monsters aren't real. Yep. Oreo, you're so cute. Ghosts are real. Yep. Monsters aren't. Yep. Closets aren't real. That's the lesson of this chapter too. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> the chill washes over my skin. For a second, I'm not backstage, but underwater. The icy current closing in over my head and the light vanishing as something heavy pulls me down, down, down. Cassidy. I blink at the sound of Jason. Jacob's voice and the memory of the river is gone. I'm backstage again and everything is the same but different. The stage is faded, like an old photograph, but it's not as dark as it was before. Instead, it's lit up by a handful of spotlights and I can hear the murmur of the audience behind the curtain. Jacob's still at my side, but he looks solid. Real. I glanced out down at myself. As always, I look more or less the same, a little washed out, but still me, down to the camera around my neck. The only difference is that the light is inside my chest. A coil of cool blue-white brightness shines straight through my ribs like the filament of a light bulb. Like Iron Man, Jacob sometimes jokes. But like Iron Man, Jacob sometimes jokes. I hold the camera against my front and muffle to the glow. Places, calls an adult's voice from the wings, and I jump. Jacob grabs my sleeve to steady me. This time, his hand doesn't go through me. He has more weight, or I have less, but either way, I'm grateful for the contact. Act two, voice ads, and I know what it is, when this is, the night of the fire. In a flurry, like bats set loose, boys and girls in fairy crowns and glittering capes race across the stage. They didn't notice me and Jacob. The curtain comes up, and the audience murmurs from the darkened theater. My first urge is to duck, to scramble back into the wings but i remind myself that the audience doesn't isn't really there this is a place this is this space this time it belongs to the ghosts and his memories everything else just is just set dressing i raise the camera not bothering to look through the viewfinder it's cracked and i snap a few quick photos knowing that it's the most that i'll see on film is a shadow of what's here a little more than normal a little less than truth and to think, Jacob whispers wistfully, we could have been in the cafeteria having lunch like normal people. You can't eat nicey ghosts, I whisper back, and the second act begins. The fairies gather in the makeshift wood under the queen, under their queen. I scan the stage, the bridges overhead, the props searching for the source of the fire. Maybe that's what, that's why I'm drawn to this place. Ghosts stick around for a reason. Maybe if someone learns the truth, if I learn the truth about what happened, it'll bring them to peace and then they'll go away. That's not how it works, Jacob said. My head snaps towards him. What do you mean? His mouth opens to answer, but when a boy appears, 
but, but then a boy appears. He's short with pale skin and a mop of black curls. And he, I know he's the one, the ghost. There's just this feeling like the ground is tipping towards him. I catch his, I watch his cape. I watch how his cape catches on the ropes and wriggles in the wings. He manages. Jacob's the boy. He's not. How do you know? Because he's not. They're both going to find out if the rumor is true. He knows how he died. He just won't tell her. Remember, she said he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, what if that's him? It's not. He just said the boy has black curly hair, and Jacob doesn't. Mm-hmm. Jacob looks like he's from recent because he has like a superhero shirt on, and like oh, like okay, okay. Con- like high top Converse or something. The music starts in the boy's eyes cloud as I watch him take his place. We should go, Jacob whispers, but I can't, not yet. I need to know what happened. As if on cue, I hear the hiss of a rope and turn to see the rigging. One of the boys got caught on the combing, loose, uh, got on, coming loose, uncoiling. A bag of sand slides, sinks, falls, and as if it does, it catches on a power box and knocks a fuse. There's a spark, just a spark. Such a small thing, but as I watch, it leaps to the nearest thing, an unusual piece of paper forest shoved into the wings. Oh no, I whispered as the play continues. It doesn't start as a fire, not at first. It's only warmth and smoke, smoke that goes unnoticed in the darkness of the theater. I look up and watch the thin tendril spread and thicken and coat the ceiling like a a low cloud. Still, no one notices. Not until, at last, it becomes fire. There's so much kindling on the stage, a forest made of wooden planks, a gossamer and paint. It catches so fast, and finally the spell of the play is broken. The fairy students scatter in the audience panics. I know it's just a memory of echo of something that's already said and done, but I can feel the heat as it spreads. Jacob grabs my hand, pulling me away from the raging flames. Even though the panic, even through the panic, my fingers turn to the camera and crank snapping photos, eager to catch something in this world that turns around that turns me to smoke and fire and panic. My head is beginning to feel foggy, like I've been holding my breath. I know I've been there long enough, and it's time to go, but my feet won't move. And then I see the dark-haired boy trying to stay low, the way you're taught in class, but the fire is spreading so fast, swallowing the set on every side, climbing the curtains. There's nowhere to run. The whole stage is up in flames, so he, go- so he goes down, shuffles to his hands and knees, and reaches for the trap door. Don't, I call, but of course it's useless. He doesn't listen, doesn't turn. He pulls the trap door up and climbs down to the dark place just before the burning set of collapses on the stage, pinning the trap door shut. Cassidy, Jacob says, but I can't, but I can't tear my eyes away from the fire, even as my lungs fill with smoke. Jacob grabs me by my shoulders. We have to go, he orders, and then... And when I won't move, he gives me a push and I stumble, falling backwards onto the wooden bench. By the time I hit the stage floor, it's cold. The fire's gone and the light coming from my chest is gone. Jacob crouches over me, ghostly again, and I slump back, breathless. Sometimes, you see, I get stuck. It's not like Neverland and Peter Pan. The longest the Lost Boys stayed, the more they forgot. Or the longer the Lost Boys stays, the more they forgot. The longer I'm on the wrong side of the veil, the harder it is to get out. Jacob crosses his arms. Are you happy now? Happy isn't the right word. The tapping is still there. It never goes away. But at least I know now what's on the other side. It makes it easier to ignore. Sorry. I get to my feet, brushing the invisible ashes off my jeans. I can still taste the smoke. Rule number 21 of friendship, Jacob says. Don't leave your friend in the veil. The school bell rings as he says it. 
lunch is officially over. Okay, that's interesting. I've never actually looked at it like that from that type of perspective before. Mm -hmm. Like, I've heard people say, like, the veil is thinning. So, like, you can see through to the other side, like, another dimension. Like, Halloween, that's when the veil is supposed to be the thinnest. But I've never actually heard it described like that before. That's very interesting. I love the idea of, like, being able to, like, communicate with spirits and stuff. So, I think that's really cool. Love it. 